How about now? Can you guys hear me all right? All right. I guess we'll get started with this. So today, we are going to be studying the whole book of 1 John. You guys ready for that? Are you sure? So our high school Sunday group has Hunt Sunday School group has been actually studying the the book of First John, Second John, and third, the letters um, for the past couple months. And as we were reading through it and studying it, we kind of noticed a pattern. But I, what I wanted to start with was what who was John? All right, John was one of the apostles. Um, he was writing this letter to. Uh, house church network in the, uh, the region that he was the leader or the elder of. Um, but one thing you notice as you continue reading through First John is that it gets kind of repetitive. The whole book is a little repetitive. We learn a lot about the light of God, what it means to live in the light, who's God, uh, what God's love is. Um, so this is a very poetic way that John was writing, a very Hebrew poem, where he would start in a 30,000-foot view and keep going down further and further and further until the focus um, was uh, on a certain thing. The book of 1 John is where we get the famous verse that God is love. Right? We get that verse from 1 John. We also get a lot of other reoccurring themes in 1 John where it comes to sinning, not sinning, um, what it means to live in God, the light of God. However, I want to say we can get the whole idea, the whole message of the book of 1 John in the first four verses. I, I think I'm going to need you to do the slides because this isn't working. Thanks. And the, the title that we're looking at today is Fellowship Fuels Christian Confidence. Right? So I'm the small group guy, right? I'm passionate about small groups. I go, what kind of fellowship is he talking about here? But we'll get there. Trust me. Um, so as we read the first four verses um, and this title, we have to realize that the series, this is a series title. If we're, going to read, if we're going to study the whole book of 1 John, we would see over and over again that John is talking about a way that fellowship fuels the Christian life. Fellowship fuels a Christian's confidence. Um, and this confidence will come in and this advice will come in on how to live in the light, how to not sin, what to do if you do sin how to correct a brother or sister living in sin, identifying false prophets, identifying truth. All this is in 1 John. And my personal favorite is the last verse where he says, flee from idols. That's what he says. That's how he ends his whole book, run away from idols. So we're going to dig into the first four verses. Um, as I read these verses, feel free to underline a phrase or a passage from these verses. That's why your notes have the verses on there. Because I want to give you the opportunity to kind of underline, highlight, star a passage or a word as I'm reading it that comes to mind. And I would love to hear your questions or your comments or your thoughts after the service someday about what God is speaking to you. So let me read the passage, and then we will we'll pray and we'll go through the passage a little bit more in detail. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 4 says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. 
The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Father, we pray for uh, your wisdom here today. God, I pray that you would uh, just bless this time of studying your word. God, as we learn about who you are and what fellowship with you looks like. God, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to the word that you have for us. God, may the words that come out of my mouth not be mine, but be yours only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so if we go dive into the book of First John a little bit, uh, I want to start in verse 1. And as we look through these verses, um, it starts off with saying, That which was from the beginning, that which we've heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim, considering the word of life. So if we were to take that verse and kind of pare it down, he wants to talk about what we're going to talk about through the whole book, right? That which was from the beginning. That's what he's talking about. And when we read these verses, it sounds very similar to the Gospel of John. Um, that he wrote about what the Word was. The Word was eternal life. The Word was there from the beginning, right? Um, and then he ends verse 1 by saying, This we proclaim concerning the Word of life. Right? He says, This we proclaim concerning the Word of life. Right? So if we take all that was from the beginning, which, 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 John is talking about one thing here, right? He's talking about one person, that which was from the beginning, and that is concerning the word of life, right? That's what we're talking about, is the word of life. John, in his effort here in the first four verses, he's giving us his whole message of the book of 1 John. What's he trying to do? He's pointing us to the word of life. He's pointing us to Jesus, right? So we go into the next verse, the life appeared. So he goes from, this is what we're going to talk about, stuff that I've seen, heard, touched in my own hands, right? The life appeared. So we talk about the life appeared, talking about Jesus. We have seen it and testified to it. And once again, we see this word. We proclaim to you the eternal life. We see over and over again, John wants to tell us about something, and he wants to tell us about what? Eternal life, the word of life. Right? What's he want to do? He wants to point us to Jesus, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Right? Once again, what is this word that we keep seeing come up over and over again in the first four verses? Proclaim. Right? This is what John's trying to say. This whole letter is going to be me proclaiming about Jesus. Right? That's what he's trying to say. To you, what we have seen and heard, we see that again, so that you may also have what? Fellowship. My favorite word. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So when John's talking about fellowship here, he says this is with us. Fellowship being with the people of the church, being people of the house churches, being with the people who are already Christians, following Jesus, who know who Jesus is, right? That's the fellowship he's talking about. But then he also goes back and says, what is our fellowship with? Well, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Right? So when we share in fellowship with each other as believers, 
our fellowship points to Jesus, right? And when we fellowship with others and other Christians, our fellowship is also with the Lord, right? It's not just a fellowship that we're having where we're getting together and having a meal, which is a great way of fellowship. We love the fellowship that way here. There's nothing wrong with that. But our fellowship, when we fellowship together, is we're trying to point each other to Jesus, right? We're pointing ourselves to who Jesus is, and that fellowship is with him. And why does he writing this at the very end? We write this, the first three verses, to make our joy complete. And we're going to come back to that a little bit later, because I think it's important to understand where that joy is coming from, and why that joy is made complete in this fellowship. Is it in the fellowship, or is it in the talking about Jesus? Is it in the pointing to Jesus? So before you came in here today, um, you had an idea of what fellowship was, right? You had an idea of where fellowship came from, who fellowship is. Some of you would say that worshiping together is fellowship. It is. There's a lot of things that can fall in line with what fellowship is. But the actual definition of fellowship is defined as friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests, right? So what would you say the fellowship of, share, of one shared interest was of our church? Jesus, right? It's pointing to Jesus. We actually have a vision statement in our church that says, uh, we win, build, and equip people up in Christ. Right? That's our fellowship. That's what we're trying to do. We win people to Christ, build them up in Christ, and equip them to serve Christ. That's our goal. Right? So that's what our fellowship does. Um, but John is desiring that fellowship to go a little bit, is desiring that fellowship for people outside of the church to fellowship with him so they can have the same desire in fellowship with Jesus. Fellowship with our fellow believer should and will direct our attention to Jesus. We should and hope to talk about him in our times of fellowship, Sunday school, the Christmas party, right? We're going to be sitting at tables, and what are we going to do? Hopefully we start talking about Jesus, about Christmas, about what he did, about his time coming here and his birth. So what does your current fellowship look like with fellow believers? Now, it's important. What does your fellowship look like right now with fellow believers, right? Because fellowship isn't a term that the church created, right? It's just a very general term. So if you were saying that I have fellowship with fellow believers, what does that look like? I'm guilty of this when I'm talking to my friends. I like to talk about sports, right? That's what I do. When I'm talking with my friends, even with the fellow believers, I'm like, how are the Cowboys doing, right? Like, how, did you see that Penn State game yesterday? Terrible. Did you see that Penn State game yesterday? How about, how's softball team doing? How are we doing? How are you, how are you playing all right? You talk about sports, right? You just dive in. We talk about that. So what are you guys talking about when you fellowship with other believers? You talk about politics? No? <laughs> I hear that a lot. Maybe some conspiracy theories? But does it end up taking our direction and talk about Jesus? Is that glorifying Jesus? Is that honoring him? Are we talking about him and what he's doing in our lives? Second, the fellowship that we're talking about that John is trying to draw us into is fellowship with the Lord, right? That's what he really craves. That's what he desires. He doesn't want us to talk together about sports, politics, that other person in that church, what that other church is doing down the street better than us, right? That's what the Jesus wants to talk about. He wants us to talk about Jesus. Point our attention to Jesus, 
right? So John, as I mentioned, wants us to have fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit the same way that he did. And for those of you guys that know that John was one of the apostles, and his gospel, he said that he was the, the apostle that Jesus loved, right? That was how he described himself. He was also the apostle that laid on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper, right? When we think about that today, if you were to see, especially in white America, a man lounging on somebody, another man's chest, you'd be like, whoa, whoa. No, 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 that doesn't happen, right? Because we don't believe in this platonic type of love that has this really deeply rooted love in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What John is telling us throughout the whole book of 1 John, highlighted in the first four verses, is that our fellowship with Jesus can be the same fellowship that he had with Jesus can be the same relationship that he had with Jesus. Intimate. Personal. Have a conversation. When you're having a bad day, you're lounging with him. You're celebrating with him. When you're mad at a group of people, maybe you try and rain fire down on that town, which John also tried to do, right? But this is what fellowship looks like. This is the fellowship that he wants from every believer and non-believer, to have with Jesus. So in our Sunday school, we were actually following a study by uh, Dr. Tony Evans, right? And he gave this great example, and I think you guys are wondering, why does he have a cup of tea up there? That's kind of weird. So he gave this great example of what it looks like to have fellowship with Jesus, what it looks like to live in the light of Jesus, he says, how many of you drink tea? I'll just quick show of hands. Who drinks tea here? A lot. Who drinks coffee? All right, we got some coffee drinkers. Anybody ever do a French press when they do coffee? All right, so how often do you leave the coffee grounds in there? Depends, right? It depends on the cup, the cut of, the, ooh, that's going to be bad. The cut of coffee, what kind of coffee it is, right? But when you drink tea, are you the type of person that just dips it in and takes it right back out? No. If you're doing a French press, do you just put the coffee grounds in really quickly and straighten it right back out? No, it doesn't make sense, right? So is that what your relationship with Jesus looks like? Are you fellowshipping him with it? Like, oh, no, I'm just going to get it really quick and I'm going to get it back out. Your water's still clear, right? I'm guilty of this just as much as anybody. We go through seasons of life where life gets busy and Jesus kind of just sits back here waiting for us to have fellowship with him. And we're like, I just want, I'll get back to it. It's like a long-lost friend, right? But that fellowship, some will just leave it in just long enough until it starts to get just a little bit bitter, right? And then you take it right back out. Like, I just can't, I can't, I can't stand the bitter words of Jesus, right? The ones that make me change my life, the ones that are making me change myself, Right? But then who are the ones that just leave it in there the whole time, right? right? Maybe you just drop the whole thing in there, right? And then you just let it sit and you drink it while you got somebody grossed out by the fact that I left my tea bag and the, the paper in there. But how many people do that? They just leave it in there the whole time and drink the cup all day. 
drinking through it. I'm not going to drink this, but I don't like tea. I'm a coffee guy. Um, but then at the end of the cup, how many of you will then take that tea bag and then like do the little bit of a string out where you take the string and you wrap it around the tea bag to get that last little bit of juice out of that tea bag, right? Is that what your fellowship with Jesus looks like? Are you trying to crave that last little bit of juice to come out of that time with him? Are you reading his word and being like, I just want that, I just want that one more verse. Jesus, what else you got for me? You're in a time of prayer with the Holy One, the creator of the universe, and you're like, God, I just don't want to leave this moment. For me, I've had times where I've been worshiping Jesus on a tractor, fixing my driveway, right? Because the tra- tractor drives slow, right? So like, I'm listening to worship music, and all of a sudden I'm just like, I just got to praise Jesus right now. I don't want to leave that moment, right? I want to praise him. Fellowship with Jesus. That's what it looks like. And what I will encourage you to do is if you have friends, family members, acquaintances that you want to have fellowship with, direct that relationship towards a Christian fellowship. Right? When you get done fellowshipping, if you think you're fellowshipping with friends and believers, if you were to get done fellowshipping and you were to think back on the night and you were stringing out that tea bag that you were soaking in all night, would that have Jesus coming out of it? Or would that have politics coming out of it? Would that have how the Penn State game was yesterday coming out of it? Please don't talk about the Penn State game yesterday. Just please don't do that. What's going to come out of that conversation? Is it going to talk about how much you hate XYZ? Or how much you love Jesus? Because that's the desire of fellowship, is that when you string out that time that you've had together with a, a fellow believer, that that juice is Jesus, right? We want that time with friends to be pointing at Jesus. So it gets, if you saw, the, the notes were already filled in on the fill in the blanks. So you saw that the third participant in fellowship is not yet believers, right? And I'm going to get to that. So let me, let me take a step back. The whole book of First John... I'm telling you right now, it's about fellowship with Jesus, right? That's what it's about. And he goes in to talk a lot about what God is like. God is love. What does it look like to love? What was Jesus' two commands to us? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and to love others. That's all that Jesus told us to do, right? So living in the light is loving God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, as God uses the light to pull the bad stuff out of you. Loving others... Well, that looks like what it means to do love, like First John tells us, to love your brother. He actually tells us that you ought to lay down your life for your brother. Ought. That word ought means to literally, like breathing, is what a Christian life would look like. You're laying down your life for your brother or sister. Now, the book of First John has, as I said, it just keeps going into more and more detail. So I would encourage you to read it and kind of see how John gives us advice in the Christian life. But I would say that Jesus' last command to people was obviously the Great Commission. It was to go and make disciples. Not converts, disciples. That falls under the love others category. So my question to you is, we all have fellows, right? We have fellows that we interact with on a daily basis. Maybe that's on our sports teams. Maybe that's in the work office. Maybe that's at the coffee shop, the local bar. We have fellows, right? And they're all directing us somewhere. 
So, as you live your life as a Christian, and your fellowship with Jesus gets so overwhelming, the fellowship we have with friends that aren't believers, well, that should start pouring out of us, right? That love we have for the Lord will start pouring out of us and pouring into others. So then our fellowship with others becomes a fellowship. We're trying to redirect that fellowship with others into fellowship with Jesus, right? So as I said, we're going to get back to verse 4, where it says, we write this to make our joy complete. We write this, this being the proclaiming of who Jesus was to make our joy complete. Some translations say your joy complete. So when we talk about Jesus, our joy comes from talking about him, right? Our fellowship is rich and gives us joy when we talk about Jesus. That is never more true than we talk to a friend who doesn't know Jesus about Jesus. This is why I love having several different interests, right? I love talking about sports. Some of you like talk about politics, whatever it is. God has given you natural inclination, right? I'm not the most naturally gifted athlete. I have friends that are, who are also believers, so I'd love to bring them onto a softball team with naturally gifted athletes who aren't believers. Because my goal is that when you get a critical mass of believers in a group, what are they going to do? Hopefully, talk about Jesus. And they're going to introduce my friends that don't know Jesus to Jesus. And I'm going to be able to talk to them about Jesus. And that's going to make my joy complete. Right? So what I want you to do is I want you to take the time that you've been having with Jesus. Don't let it just be the verse of the day that pops up on your phone from you version. Don't let it be the verse of the day you hear on FLN as you're driving to work and then you get to talking about and thinking about other things. Please don't let it be coming here on Sunday and just hearing what Pastor Eric has to say to you. Open it up. Talk to him. Worship him. The beautiful thing about our world today is there's several outlets you can use to talk to Jesus. And this is why small groups are important. Because there's times when your fellowship's going to fall, with Jesus is going to fall behind, right? You're going to put it on the back burner and you're going to go full speed ahead in life. Because we all have things that we're focused on. But sometimes we need our friends to come along and say, hey, Steve, you need to dial back a little bit. Have you talked to the Lord lately? That's why we have church. Because when we come here, we want to talk about Jesus. We want to fellowship with him. We want to worship him. That's why we want to have small groups. Small groups are a time where we can take our natural friendships that we've already formed in this church and have a small group where we get a chance to study the word, talk about Jesus, so we can make our joy complete. Especially when we can bring that friend, that neighbor, that coworker into that fellowship. So my encouragement, the application is, what does your fellowship look like with the participants above? This week I want you to challenge yourself to think about what does it look like to fellowship with your fellow believers, with the Lord, and with not yet believers. What does that fellowship look like? And how can you better direct your current fellows into a fellowship with Jesus. That includes church fellows. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. 
and thank you for a chance to um, just come and study it today. God, I pray that you would help us to have a relationship with you that overcomes this world. Lord, help us to um, just have yourself um, overcome us with um, whatever it is that you have for us. God, may our vision be that of yours, to go and make disciples. And as our church says, to win, build, and equip people up in you. God, I pray that you would help us to take a hold of that. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this book. We thank you for this time we had together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.